0: I'm not sure I need to say anything because I feel like we've already worshipped today. Um, but today we're going to look at two miracles in the ministry of Jesus. You've already been introduced to a man and a woman who are both impacted by these miracles. And you heard in their own words how an encounter with Jesus changed their lives. I want us to look a little closer at this passage in Mark so we can see how we can be impacted by these miracles and how encountering Jesus can affect us as drastically as it did the woman healed and Jairus. Up to this point in our series on miracles, we've dealt with one of Jesus' miracles each Sunday. Uh, first was the healing of the centurion's son, then Jesus calming the sea, and then last week we looked at Jesus feeding the 5,000-plus Um, You might be wondering why I decided to look at two miracles today rather than one. And my answer is, the Bible told me to. Or more accurately, Mark told me to. Uh, If you'll open up your Bibles, there are Bibles in the pew in front of you, um, to Mark 5. And I'm going to show you what I mean by the Bible told me to. You may want to keep these Bibles open and with you because I'll be referring to the passage often, um, and it will be helpful to have it in front of you. I'm going to start reading in Mark 5, verse 21. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him, and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came, and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be well and live. So he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. I'm going to stop there. You've noticed already that Mark started the story about Jairus. And then in verse 25 he says, Now there was a woman. And that's a way of starting another story. So he interrupts his story about Jairus, and he starts a different story. I think he does this on purpose for a couple of reasons. First, he wants to heighten the suspense in the first story. Jesus' culture and and Mark's culture were much more oral than ours is. Most of us in here can read, and that's how we learn. But people in Israel uh, in the first century listened. So most of them will be listening to this story And when they heard the start of a new story in the middle of another one They would have thought Wait, what about Jairus? What's happening with him and his daughter? Is Jesus going to get there on time? So suspense is one of Mark's purposes here But there's also the fact that he wants to tie these two stories together And encourage the readers Or the hearers To compare and contrast these two miracles By sandwiching the two miracles, Jairus, and then the woman healed, and then he goes back to Jairus, Mark wants to bring out deeper meaning that we might not notice if we looked at these stories separately. So Mark also ties these stories together by using similar details. He mentions that the woman was sick for 12 years and that Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. Um, He also highlights the desperation and the faith of both Jairus and the woman. So that's why we're looking at these two miracles together, to read the stories the way Mark, the writer, intended us to, and to find the deeper meaning woven into these two accounts. Um, Well, when I read Mark or any of the Gospels, I always ask myself about a story, what is this story trying to show me about Jesus? This question is especially important to ask um, in the stories about jesus's miracles because um, they tend to show Jesus' power over the elements of the earth such as sickness hunger nature death we can learn a lot about who jesus is and what he can do from his miracles um, another question that i ask when i come to stories like this is what is this story trying to show us about people what is it trying to show us about us Uh, When we pay attention to the people that were affected by the miracles, we can see how we should or shouldn't relate to Jesus. We see the faith and the fear of the people. We see them at their weakest and at their best moments. Um, This can tell us a lot about ourselves. So this morning I want us to try and hear what this story says to us about Jesus, about the people that Jesus heals, and what it says about us. One of the first things I think that this passage says about Jesus is that he cares about the individual needs of people, no matter who they are. We see in verse 21 that Jesus is followed by a huge crowd, which is no surprise because he has just finished casting out a swarm of demons from a dangerous possessed man. There are probably a lot of lost and very curious people in the crowd. They want to hear from this man who has the power over demons. However, instead of giving a powerful sermon to convince people to become his followers, Jesus leaves the multitude for one sick little girl. A religious ruler named Jairus has come to him, desperate for Jesus to heal his dying daughter. And Jesus drops his plans, passes on the chance to teach hundreds, maybe thousands of people, and he follows Jairus to his home. So from the very beginning of the story, we can see that Jesus cares about the needs of individuals even more than he cares about impressing the crowds or developing a following this picture of jesus as compassionate and caring becomes even more clear when we see in the sandwich story that jesus interrupts his journey to Jairus's house to talk to the woman who touched him earlier we heard the woman tell us about her situation her disease her desperation We know that she was healed the moment she touched Jesus' cloak. And here in verse 30, Mark tells us that Jesus felt the power had gone out of him. So he knew the woman was healed. Why then, do you think, did Jesus stop and want to talk to her? Why didn't he just let her slip away healed and anonymous? I think because Jesus cared about her. He really cared about her. Let me show you why I say that. In verse 32, after Jesus asked about who had touched his clothes, Mark gives us a little detail that is not noticeable in some translations. He says, And Jesus began to look around to see the woman who had done this. Some versions of the Bible translate this generically as the, the one who had done this. Um, but the word there should be translated woman. Woman. And this one word indicates that Jesus knew it was a woman before she even shows herself. He knows her. How does this make a difference? It shows that in his divine power, Jesus knows this woman's story. He knows that she's been sick and alone for years, rejected from society and religion. And he knows he has to stop if he wants to heal not just her disease, but her entire life. Jesus knows that the woman's bleeding has kept her from going to worship From touching people even from getting married and having children But he wants to change all that So he stops and he calls her out in front of all the people in the town Who knew her and shunned her And He wanted to present her as a new person How else would the people in her town know that she was healed? How else would everyone recognize that they could touch her again talk to her again in verse 33, after Jesus is prompting, the woman falls down in front of him and tells the truth about her disease and her healing. Jesus responds to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And with his words, Jesus confirms her healing in front of the whole crowd so she would no longer have to be exiled from society. But he does even more than that. He shows her, overwhelming love and compassion when do you think was the last time that woman heard words of peace and encouragement spoken to her at least 12 years i looked it up and this is the only time in all of scripture that jesus calls anyone daughter i think jesus uses such a meaningful endearment because it shows first of all it shows others the woman's faith and courage have impressed him but it also lets this isolated woman know that she is worthy of his love. Jesus' touch may have healed her physically, but it is his words of affirmation and affection that completely transform her life. What a compassionate Lord he is. But there is even more to learn about Jesus' love in these stories. If we remember that Mark wants us to compare the woman's story with Jairus' story, we learn something else about Jesus. Not only does he know and care for the individual, for people, he shows no preference for the people that the world values. He is willing to go with Jairus to heal his daughter, but this is no surprise to the crowds. Jairus was a rich, male, religious ruler with social status and the respect of his people. Of course the teacher would help him. But what about our sick woman? Jesus stops to transform her life, and she was less than a nobody. She was despised, diseased, with no money left and no social status. The exact opposite of Jairus. And yet Jesus puts his errand for Jairus on hold to interact with this woman. What does this say about Jesus? Jesus says that jesus cares for people from all walks of life the somebodies and the nobodies are completely equal in his sight jesus offers his healing and his love to us all and that's not just good news for the woman that's good news for us today as different as jairus and the woman are mark also wants us to see their similarities they are both in the most desperate of situations the bleeding woman had exhausted every solution humanly possible, and she found herself penniless, hopeless, and sicker than ever. Jairus's situation started out bad and went to worse when his little girl died and was beyond all human help. But then Jesus stepped into their impossible, hopeless situations and worked the most transforming of miracles, the miracle of new life. Jesus transformed an unclean, unwanted pariah into a healthy new woman. And he transformed a lifeless corpse into a living, breathing little girl. And Jesus still works the miracle of transformation today. He can transform the most hopeless and desperate sinner into a follower of God. The only requirement is faith. For that is the other thing that Jairus and the woman healed have in common faith not only were they desperate and in need but they both had faith that jesus could help them the woman had a bold faith that drove her from her home into a terrifying crowd of people who despised her she had so much confidence in Jesus' power to help her that she says to herself if i only touch his clothes i will be made well The English translation here doesn't even capture how certain she was in this phrase. The best way to translate it would be, When I touch his clothes, I will be made well. She had unwavering faith in that. Jairus' faith was not exactly like the woman's, but it still persuaded Jesus. He begged Jesus to come and lay hands on his daughter and make her well. His earnest plea down on his knees showed his humility and his conviction that Jesus could help him. However, when he learned his daughter had died, his faith took a hit. We know this because right after Jairus gets the tragic news, Jesus turns to him and says, Do not be afraid. Just keep on believing. Jesus must have sensed that Jairus' original faith had wavered in the face of the impossible situation of death. But Jesus does not condemn this weakened faith. Instead, he encourages Jairus in the small faith that he has left. And he pushes him to believe through his fear. It is amazing how Jesus is in perfect control of the physical situations around him in this story, and yet he also has perfect insight into the hearts of the people that he is helping. This is God, and his most powerful, and his most intimate. There is another issue here at work that shows us how intimate Jesus is willing to get with the people that he encounters. The issue of ritual purity It is a concept that's hard for us in our contemporary Christian setting to grasp, but we need to recognize it to understand more fully what Jesus is doing here. The Jews of Jesus' time were very concerned about keeping God's holiness separated from the common problems of humanity blood and disease and death were especially impure in their eyes. So they had strict rules about separating profane things from their holy God, keeping the unclean away from holy places and holy people. These rules were what made the woman's life so difficult because she was constantly bleeding. She was constantly unclean. No one could touch her. No one could sit in a chair after she'd sat in a chair. No one could lay in a bed where she'd lay... If they did, they would have to bathe and re- religiously purify themselves and their clothing. It is no wonder that everyone kept away from her. Everyone, that is, except Jesus. Jesus had no problem whatsoever when she touched him. And he went even further and had a conversation with her, with someone who was considered the most unclean. of unclean. Then... Right after he talks with a diseased woman, he goes into a house with a corpse and takes a dead girl by the hand. If there was anything worse than touching a bleeding woman, it was touching a corpse. This was another rule meant to keep the holy separated from death and disease in the world. Yet we don't hear about Jesus going to the temple after these miracles to purify himself. In fact, Jesus, who was still a devout Jew, does not show the least bit of concern that he is breaking the purity laws of his religion. Why? Why doesn't he care? Is he a rebel trying to take down the system? I don't think so. I think it's simpler and more profound than that. Jesus disregards the laws here because healing the pain of people is more important to him than following rules. I'm going to say that again because it is such an important characteristic of Jesus in this story. Jesus cares about people more than anything else, even following the purity laws of his religion. This was the case when he lived on earth, and it is still the case now. Jesus wants to meet you, heal you, talk to you, no matter what kind of sin or impurity you are, in in your life if you're living every day in the filthiness of lust or greed or jealousy or addiction Jesus is willing to come into your messy life take you by the hand and get dirty to show you that he loves you praise God for that because I don't know how else any one of us could be saved <laughs> and this brings us to the best news of the passage the best news about Jesus It can be captured in just two simple words. Jesus saves. In verse 34, Jesus says to the woman, Daughter, your faith has made you well. The word translated as made you well is the word used throughout the whole Bible as the word saved. The meaning is twofold. The woman's faith has made her well, but it has also saved her. Then Jesus said, Go in peace and be healed of your disease. This is a blessing and a promise from Jesus that she will have peace and salvation because she has been made whole by his touch. When you come to Jesus, plagued by the disease of selfishness that kills all of us humans, when you come to him and you reach out to touch him in faith, Jesus will heal you and he will save you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, Jesus can cleanse us from the disease that we have all contracted, the disease of sin. And he can rescue us from death, the final prognosis of sin. That power, that same power that changed death into sleep for a little girl is the same power that can save you from any kind of sin. The same power that healing Life-giving power is available to all of us If we only believe and have faith That Jesus can save us So really, these two miracle stories Give us the gospel in a nutshell It shows us, first of all, that Jesus cares for you And will give you a second chance at life No matter who you are In the story, Jesus gave the woman and Jairus' daughter New lives Second chances at life And today, Jesus offers each of us a second chance the old and the young the homeless and the hopeless the drug addict and the Alcoholic the nobody with great courageous faith and the somebody with small wavering faith Second This story shows that once you believe Jesus can heal you like the woman believed and once you ask him to do it like Jairus did His miraculous power will cleanse you and transform your life. Just like the sick woman, she went from a caterpillar to being a butterfly. I mean, I think a butterfly is a perfect image for life before Jesus and life after Jesus. Before we met Jesus, we are lowly insects creeping on the dirty ground, getting nowhere fast. Afterwards, we are new creatures flying through the air, free from the weight of sin and death. Don't you think that's how the the sick woman felt after she was healed? Free and new. And that's what we have once Jesus has forgiven us and healed us. I think third that this story points us to an important conclusion about the new life that Jesus gives us. After Jesus has pulled you out of death into life, just like he pulled the little girl up from the table and she was alive, you are done with your old life. Paul says it best in 2 Corinthians when he says, So anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. Everything has passed away, and the new, everything has become new. Do you think that the woman who was healed went back to being a recluse, shutting herself away from the world? Do you think that Jairus' daughter laid back on her deathbed and waited to die again? Absolutely not. So neither should we. We should not continue to live in, the, in sin after we have already encountered the cure for sin. It would be like butterflies crawling around on the ground in the dirt. Instead, we must daily live in the reality that we have been transformed and freed. And sin does not have power over us anymore. So what have we learned from this story? Jesus has the power to utterly transform people's lives. He did it for a sick woman and a 12 year old girl, and don't you believe that he can do it for you? Jesus' power is greater than the power of sin. To leave the coombe, Jesus says to us, rise up, little ones, and fly like the butterflies that you are. Will you pray with me, please? Lord God. Thank you so much for giving us these stories and showing us a picture of what Jesus can do and has done in our lives. Thank you so much for showing us that the power that Jesus has is greater than sickness and disease and sin and death. Help us to grasp onto that power like this sick woman did and have faith that Jesus can save us from the sin that encircles us every day. I thank you that we are new creations and we praise you for giving us new life in Christ Jesus. We pray this morning for anyone here who has not experienced your healing touch. We ask that your spirit will speak to them and show them that you love them no matter who they are or what they've done. Thank you, God, for saving us from ourselves and saving us from our sin. It is in the precious holy name of your Son we pray. Amen.